Let me love, my Lord has kept me. Yes, it is just another day that I've been in my Savior's care. Yes, it is. Wanna say he threw, he threw his loving arms all around me. Yes, he did, and there I.
Good morning, and welcome to C3. We're so glad you're here. We'll begin in three, two, one. Good morning. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You ready to stomp your stomp box? You know it. Well, come on with it. Let's go. Zach Smith, are you ready? I'm ready. This boy's basing. We are so glad you're here this morning. <laughs> and we encourage you guys to worship along with us. It all comes down to this What you require of me Love my neighbor as myself And you above all things Act justly, love mercy Walk humbly with you, God Walk humbly with you, God, and it all comes down to this, to be your hands and feet, good news to all the world, the truth will set us free, righteously, love mercy, walk humbly. With you, God, in all things, in all ways, walk humbly with you, God. It's beauty for ashes, it's morning to dancing, it's closer and closer, the kingdom of heaven. It's beauty for ashes, it's morning to dancing, closer and closer, the kingdom of heaven. from now we'll see the fruit our hands are sown faith just like a seed the only way it grows oh act justly Love mercy, walk humbly with you, God, in all things, in all ways. Walk humbly with you, God, oh, in all things, in all ways. Walk humbly with you, God, oh. Good morning, C3 family. This is your call to worship for today. I'm reading 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. This is God's word for us today. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the wonderful gifts that you give to us. Help us to remember them, Lord. We ask also, Lord, that you would give us generous hearts to share with others, not only to share what we have, but also who you are. We thank you, Lord, today for all these things, and we ask that you bless our service, and may it honor you, Lord, in everything we say and do today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God the still inside the storm the promise of the shore I trust the power of your word enough to seek your kingdom first beyond the barren Place beyond the ocean waves. When I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. You the promises you make there isn't one that is delayed so I will not lose heart I will lift my arms and start to sing into the night my praise will call the sun to rise declare the battle waters I won't be overcome when I go through the rivers I will not be drowned my God will make a way so I am not afraid when I am in the fire I will not feel the flame I'll stand before the giant declaring victory my God will make a way so I am not afraid Before me, behind me Always beside me No shadow, no valley Where you won't find me No 
won't be overcome when I go through the rivers I will not be drowned my God will make a way so I am not afraid when I am in the fire I will not feel the flame I'll stand before the giant declaring victory my God will make a way so I am not afraid my God will make a way, so I am not afraid, no I am not afraid, no I am not afraid. Well, good morning, good morning. morning. Welcome to our Sunday morning uh, Bible study and worship time at Christ Community Church. Nice to be here. It is ha- nice to be here, and I'm ha- happy as heck to happy be here with as you. Happy to be Bless here. You. Music's Bless good you. as always. Yes, uh, we are very grateful for those uh, fellows that uh, lead us into the presence of the Lord. Uh, for Working that. hard twice yeah. a week. Yes, yes, and we're very grateful for yeah. that. Bless them. Yeah. Bless them. Yes. Um, we are ending. For some people, they're like, whew. But for others of us, I'm sad, but we are ending our study of the Shema this week. You have enjoyed this study. I really have enjoyed this in a way that I've not enjoyed anything in a long time. I'm glad. I've, I've loved That's it. Nice, just, I didn't it? know a lot of this until I started studying it. And so, um, anyway, we have been in a multi-week, six-week study, believe it or not, hmm. Uh, of the Shema, which you find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 6, where it says, Hear, O Israel, or listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Therefore, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. And let the words that I am commanding you today be on your heart continually. Um, And that's, um, as I've said, Every week, that is a prayer, a wish, a declaration of faith, a creed, a, a, a creed that devout Jewish people have been praying and declaring, and teaching their children to pray and declare every morning and every evening for thirty-five hundred years. It's amazing. It's cool. It's very cool. And uh, yeah, uh, and over the last six weeks, we have identified six key words in the Shema and really done a little in-depth study of what they mean and how we can apply them to our life. And today, we're going to look at the last word, and that is the word strength. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. So when you talk about strength, are you talking about like... Like, is it like physical strength, like Hercules and the 12 labors of Hercules? You know, like he, he got the Hydra and he got the lion and he got captured Kerberos, the three-headed dog. Is it like, like man's physical strength? Well, glad you asked, and the answer is no, okay. it is not. Okay. It is not. okay, so not Samson. No, it's not. It's not like Samson or Atlas or what was the other fellow you said? Hercules. Uh, Hercules. It's not 
that kind of okay so one more one more just making sure i understand where we're going (laughs) would it be like for those of you who are seinfeld fans would it be like like george costanza's father (laughs) uh pitched a new holiday (laughs) festivus Yes. Right? Yes. I love Festivus. It's December 23rd. Yes. And uh, I looked it up to be sure. Yeah. Yes. And uh, at Festivus, there's two things to do. One is the airing of the airing of grievances. I'd like to do a, 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 a deal, one, one deal that we're doing like this, but I'd like for Justin David, and I'd like to just air The airing of, of grievances. Oh, yeah, we can do least. that. That's next yeah. week. Yeah, that's and next week. Like, Larry airs his grievances, yeah. And the other thing you do on Festivus is feats of strength. Yes. Is that it? Feats no, of strength. It would no, not be okay, like just checking that it out. No. Uh, when, when, in fact, just to be quite honest, uh, when... The Shema tells us to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. The word that it uses there is the word miad. Mm. And it's used, the word miad is used over 300 times in the Old Testament. But only here, only once in the entire Old Testament, of all 300 times, only once is, it, is miad translated strength. And it's, this, it's here. I don't know that. Yeah, so it's not, uh, it, it does not mean physical strength. Just so the, there's, there are several other Hebrew words that do mean Samson strength or Atlas strength or, you know, those kinds of strength. But Miad is not one of them. So anyway, that's not, that's not what it's talking about. Miad is actually a, you would be the expert on this. It's a word that was used... It was placed in front of another word to give that second word intense meaning. Like an adverb or adjective. That is exactly right. That's what miad would normally uh, be used, and it would be a word that would strengthen or intensify the meaning of another word. The words in English that we would use, Shirley, would be words like very, uh, uh, much, or really. Something is not just good, it's really good. I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. Yes, uh, exactly. And so that's really the, the, the overwhelming majority of the times that Miat is used in the Old Testament. It is used uh, to convey that message of much or very or really. Let me give you some examples. Sure. Sure. In Genesis 1, the Bible says uh, that uh, every day for six days, God created things and then God said, that is good. But on the seventh day, he's, he, it says that what he created was miad good, really good, extra good, especially good. So um, in Genesis 4, the Bible says that Cain was not just angry with his brother. He was miad angry with his brother. Uh, in Genesis 7, and again, there's over 300 of these examples. I'm just giving you a few in Genesis 7. The Bible says that the floodwaters, when Noah was in the ark, the floodwaters continued to rise until they were miad powerful. Okay? One final one. And then in 1 Samuel 11, it says that when Saul became king, he became miad happy. Very happy. He was happy, but when he, once he became king and the kingdom was established under his reign, he became miad happy. So does that make sense? Sure, it does. Okay. Sure, sure. Makes things bigger. Bigger, stronger, more intense, right. Uh, Then, take it a step further, when Bible writers wanted to really maximize the meaning of the word or the, the emphasis of a word, 
they would double it. They would say, miad, miad. Mm -hmm. And so things like this, They in Genesis 30, it says that Jacob had miad, miad wealth uh, uh, with great numbers of herds and, so, and servants. And then in Numbers 14, it says that the spies, the 12 spies that scattered out the land, the 12, the 12 spies returned and told Moses and the people that they went through the land and saw that it was miad, miad good. Very, very good. So you see what yeah. clearly miad does not mean physical strength. That's not what it's referring to. Rather, it is a word that we would use in English uh, very much or really. Which is interesting because in this English passage, the word strength is a noun. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, I know you're gonna you're gonna show us how to fix that, but yes. that's an interesting, right? Yes, exactly. But in English, it so, must be translated as a noun. So in the um, in the Shema, uh, what the Bible tells us to do is we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. And we looked at the heart is the part of us where we think, we feel, and we decide things. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our soul. We looked at that, and so being our identity, who we really are, the, the that it's all of this. It's it's what makes me me. It's what makes you you. That's your soul, your body, your 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 everything, right? Uh, and then the Bible says that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our miad. And the word that that. The writers, and I, again, I didn't come up with this. This is what smart theologians have taught me. Uh, really what the writer is saying there, Moses is saying in Deuteronomy chapter 6, is that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our miad, with all of our muchness. And I know that muchness is an odd-sounding word, but the meaning is clear. Yeah. You can't miss, if I'm to love you with all of my muchness, you get the point, and I, and I, and more importantly, I get the point. Um, uh, I'm to love the Lord my God with my abundance, with the with what I consider much in my life. Um, by example, in Genesis 12, the Bible God says to Abraham, Abraham, I am going to bless you with muchness, with miad so that you can be a blessing to the nations. Mm -hmm. You see that God gave you, it wasn't just money, or it wasn't just mm -hmm. sheep, or it wasn't just, it was, I'm going to give you muchness, and whatever that muchness looks like, or you would define as muchness, out of that, I want you to do something with that. I, I've given that to you for a purpose, all right? Um, in the New Testament, the Bible, the, the, the translators uh, would, when they saw the word miad, they translated that word several different ways. They translated miad as power. Not power like the power to raise the dead, but your power, what you were able to do. Like, what, like giftings and, and abilities. Your, your, and, in fact, they translated okay. it capabilities, abilities, wealth, resources, skills, and even influence. For some people, their muchness would be translated in that they have great influence, right? So whatever your muchness would be. Um, in fact, I would just say that we've got to move past 
this idea that it's just referring to money, to mm. just to just your that which you store in the bank or under your mattress. <laughs> it uh, meod really refers to all areas of our lives, any area of our life where we would view that part of our life as we would describe it with muchness. Um, And so my question that I want us to think about today, and I'd like y'all to think about with me today, is where in your life, where in my life, where in your life, would you describe it with the terms very? The word much. The word really. Um, Where do I see muchness in my life. Um, for some of us, that and it'll be different for every one of us. The muchness in your life and the muchness in my life would be very, very different. For some people, it could be we have much time, right? Oh, we have good. more time than other people. Um, for some people, it could be a skill, a talent. It could be insight. It could be opportunity. It could be position, connections, influence. It could even be that for some people, they have much faith. That they have a unique ability to trust God in ways that other people don't. Um, It could be life experiences, both good life experiences, but also painful life experiences. I have much of whatever that is. And that's what I can offer back to God, right? So you see the point. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul says, God is able to bless you with muchness so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in all good works. That's almost exactly what God told Abraham. I'm going to give you muchness so that you, Abraham, so that you can abound in blessing the nations. Now, Paul's not necessarily saying the nations here, but he's saying God's going to bless you with muchness, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you can abound in good works. Well, those are not good works back towards yourself. They're outward focus, right? Um, the Shema would declare, if you study it carefully and, and honestly, that it is important for us to recognize where God has given us muchness and become very intentional and very faithful at using that muchness, Shirley, in attempts to be a source of blessing to God's people and God's kingdom. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 12, to whom much is given... Much is required. So the, the, the idea here with uh, muchness, the idea here um, with the word miad, it's not a complicated idea. It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's not might. It's not might. Yeah. It's whatever you believe God has given you in abundance, whether it's experiences, maybe it is wealth. But it could also be your ability to teach or your ability to love on people or encourage people or pray for people or to sit with people because of your uh, miad in pain. 
you can weep with people who also experience pain. It could be, uh, but where in my life do I see that I have much? And do I see that God has given me that muchness so that I then can in turn share that like God told Abraham to share his muchness with the nations and like God through Paul told uh, the Corinthian Christians to share their abundance with others. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. I want to I end today just on a same idea, but I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn here. Um, at Christ Community Church, Shirley, you know this better than anybody, I don't teach about money very much at all. Some people would say I don't ever teach on it. That's not true. I do <laughs> try to teach on it once a year, you know, kind of a thing. And I've had people, you know, ask me why I don't do more of that. Um, I've had people scold me, especially some folks <laughs> that, that would like for me to teach more on that. But I don't address money very often. And the reason is simple. I don't see the point. I don't see why or that I don't see the need in teaching people that they ought to give more. Because the truth is, everybody gives their money to what they love. There's not a person on the planet. We are, one of the things that unites all of us in humanity is that 100% of us invest our muchness in the things that we love. I, I find it almost foolish to think that I need to try to convince people to invest their money or spend their money or, or any of their muchness on their marriage, on their children, on their hobbies, on travel, on their health. You don't have to convince people to do that they, they instinctively invest their muchness in those things. Why? Because that's where their heart is. That's what they truly love. 100% of us invest our muchness in what is important, what we love, and what we value. And that would be true of God. If I love God, if I see God and His kingdom as important, if I value the things that I believe God values, I will invest in those things. But if I don't really love God, I won't. Therefore, I don't think that anybody has a giving problem. I don't think anybody struggles investing their muchness in anything. The problem is we don't love God. Because if we love God, like the Shema is teaching us to, it doesn't say you ought to love God. It doesn't say that we ought to love God a lot. What it says is that you love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, or all of your muchness. That's a pretty amazing statement. But if I do love God like that, I will joyfully invest my muchness what I have what I have in things that I believe are important to God I will I will do that um, 
I don't think God wants us to invest or give money or anything else to him that's been guilted out of them or bullied out of them or manipulated out of them. That's not, it's just like your, you know, your grandmother comes to, comes to see the grandkids and the parents say, all right, go and give grandma a kiss. And you can tell the kid doesn't want to kiss her, but you know, he goes up there because he has to and gives old grandmother a kiss on, the, on her hairy cheek. Well, you know. Uh, Watch he, out. Don't offend the grandmother. She, she doesn't, the kid doesn't want to do that, and I don't think the grandmother really enjoys it either. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, surely God... Has no doesn't have a less a less standard a lower standard than that. He wants us to give because we love him. Um, the point is not giving people or challenging people or teaching people or guilting people into giving more, but teaching people to love God and to let that love motivate us to give. Out of our muchness to that which brings God joy. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, Give what you feel led to give, not under compulsion, mm. for God loves a joyful giver. It's, it's more than just throwing a few bucks in a plate because I've been confronted with a need or a problem, or a duty. It's embracing the things that God delights in, cares about, grieves over, is engaged in, and wanting to participate with Him. We do that with everyone we love. Last night, we dang near froze to death, sitting out in a, in a field, watching our five-year-old grandson play t-ball, was that fun? It, it was fun on some level, but at the end of the day, we wanted to participate in what our grandson loves because we love him. And I think the same principle holds true for God. If I love God, if I have learned to experience his love and I understand how much he loves me, and that translated into me learning to love him, I want to invest in the things that he cares about. Jesus, more perfectly than anyone that's ever lived, continually gave to others out of his muchness because of his love for the Father. He knew that his Father loved people. His Father had given him much. And Jesus used that muchness to invest in the lives of those that he knew his father loved. Jesus calls us to do exactly the same thing. He has blessed us with muchness. He loves people. And if we love him, he will want us. He does want us to take out of that muchness and invest that into the lives of those that he loves. And and that can be in ways, at countless levels. I'm not talking about any specific way or a certain need. I'm just talking about living a life where I get up in the morning and I am thankful for the muchness that God has given us. And 
I recognize by getting to know God, oh, God cares about that, or God cares about this, or God cares about those these hurting people. And I, I have the opportunity out of my muchness to participate in, in sharing that muchness with those that God cares about. That becoming a lifestyle. It's not, hey, we're going to have a... Uh, financial emphasis and try to have a big offering to build a big building. Uh, that's fine. I don't, I don't, that's not my point. My point is that I, I, I let that develop as a lifestyle, recognizing that my muchness is a gift from God and it was given to me to enjoy, but also to share uh, in ways that reflects what, I've, what I grow to understand God loves too. And by doing that, that manifests or sends the message to God that I love Him as I share that muchness in, uh, toward things that He cares about. Mm-hmm. There's a purity in that. It feels... It is a, just listening to you talk about it, there's like taking what you have been given and wanting to give as much as you can well, of yourself. It, it's learning to live the life of Christ. That's what Christ did for 33 years. He took the muchness his father had given him, and just every day he shared it with people in great need. Yeah. And he did that because he knew his father loved these people. He knew that everything he had had been given to him by his father. He said that. And so he wanted to share and invest in those needs as a way of showing his dad that he loved him and as a way of showing people that he loved his dad. And oh, that our children would grow up in homes where they see their parents just living lives of recognition that we have much. And it's all been given to us by God. And God wants us to share that muchness with a hurting and dying and lost world as a way of expressing our love to God. And, uh, and, and I think that's what Moses was talking about. When he said that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our strength, with all of our miad, with all of our muchness. And so I hope we'll think about that. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I do too. It mm-hmm. really meant something to me to study that this week. We're going to close the service today by celebrating the Lord's Supper. And we'll give you, you. a cracker. You. This cracker represents... Jesus' ultimate expression of giving out of his muchness. He literally didn't just give much. He gave all. He gave all that he was, all that he had um, as a gift to pay for our sins so that he could literally bring us to his father and create a relationship between his dad and those that he knew his daddy loved. And we drink uh, wine or juice, um, I'll let you hold that first, as a way of just declaring it's the blood that Jesus shed on the cross that covers our sins, that uh, uh, creates that covenant between us and Jesus' Father, and it uh, seals the adoption that we have been given now that we are God's children. So let's eat and let's drink. And let's celebrate what Jesus did for us when he gave us um, his muchness. Okay.
thank you so very much for being with us today. We are just as happy as we can be to have spent this time with you, and we hope you've enjoyed the study. We hope you'll think about what we've talked about. We hope we'll see you again next week. God bless you. Amen. again for joining us this week. Come back next Sunday. We'll be on Facebook and YouTube live at 1015 and also at the Botanic Gardens at 1015 in the morning if you want to come join us in person. Should I shave my mustache probably no. next week? Keep, keep it going? Yeah, it's a handsome look. Will you shave yours into a mustache? Absolutely. Right. What about you? Never. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us and y'all come back next Sunday and you have a great week.